Marty said, I thought Marty said, hey, this guy, he's coming in. He used to be homeless. I could have swore that was in the statement. And so I was asking, so I was asking Dylan, I was like, yeah, man, he was homeless. Dylan was like, what? He was like freaking out. You told Dylan? Yeah. So, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, man, I was like, but he's good now. He's- I'm going to call. Man, I, I need you guys to come in. You know, you got to go fund me. You didn't even know about. And I roasted coffee as a homeless man. Right. Is that what you heard? Well, see, that's, that's what, that's what I was wondering. I was like, how did he roast the coffee? <laughs> like, this is going to be crazy. Like he's homeless Listen, he's on the side of the road and roasting his own. Where did he get the beans? Josh, like, this we is, are. There's a lot of questions that was going through my mind. man. Welcome back everybody to tattoos and Jesus or T and J as Marty likes to say. Um, we are here on this October day, still in PSL season. Uh, we do have a special guest today, Woo! Jimmy McFarlane. Welcome to the show. Hey, glad to be here. It's uh, cool to sit down and, and drink pumpkin spice coffee. Uh, Did you know this is Jimmy's first ever podcast? First ever <clears throat> podcast. Man. I, I listen to podcasts, but this is uh, this is my first time ever being on one. Well, I don't know. Straight to the top, baby. Straight right. to the top. Uh, no. Straight to the top, man. When you start start at the bottom, apparently, and you now know, you are now you've est- at the top. We established on our last podcast that Dale Earnhardt Jr. listens to us. How? How? Okay. Very very simply. Um, I was listening to so so here, Josh. Eat this. Jimmy's a racing fan. Huge racing fan. Love it. Huge that has racing nothing fan. to do with your made-up story about Dale Earnhardt listening to our <laughs> So, no, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Dale Earnhardt is a different individual. <laughs> I, hope I hope he's listening. Just a lap that, ahead, I mean, that's, Just a lap ahead. That's inter-celestial <laughs> yeah, listening audience cool. at that point. That's, that's him no. above my screen. Right All right, there. so if you listen to our podcast for any length of time, Josh has a catchphrase that he uses about every other sentence. And he goes, hey, I'm here for it. He says it all the time. Well, I was listening to the Dale Jr. download the other day, and Dale Jr. goes, hey, I'm here for it. So clearly, he's been listening to Josh. Mm. There's, there's a tie in there. Hey, mm. hey, Jr.'s listening to this, man. I love listening to Dirty Mo Media and the Dale Jr. download mm-hmm. and watching the podcast setup he's got at his, his race shop. Clutch. It's so stinking cool. And, and he just – they just – anybody from the history of NASCAR just comes walking right yes. in. And they talk for 45 minutes and hundreds of thousands of people listen to this download. And yes. it, it's, I'm jealous of it. I really so cool. since he's listening, we're jealous of you, Junior. So my barber, his name is AJ West. Yeah. He used to cut hair for in, in the, in the pits at NASCAR and the stop trying the to be NASCAR relevant just no, no, because no, no. so I'll ask him, I'll say, Hey, will you reach out and see if he listens to tattoos and Jesus? Cause he used the same catchphrase as we did. And we're, well, and my I, friend is delusionally <laughs> got this theory that Dale Earnhardt Jr. Is now a <laughs> tattoos and Jesus fan. I don't know what would be more interesting, him actually listening to this podcast or how he came about listening to this that podcast. That is true. It's like, how, how did you find out about it? Who yeah, what phrase did you Google? Yeah, how did you search this? That would be great to know. Yeah. Like, if anybody's well, listening, please email yeah. us how you even found us just, if you're not, like, a close friend, which is probably nobody that actually listens to this podcast. You just but. wait until we have a contract from Dirty Bone Media to join their fold. 
Dirty Brew Review with Dirty Mo. Yeah. And and I can I can say I was there when the idea. Oh yeah, came. you're coming. Yeah. You're coming there, on there, full there, time. There was. Go that's, ahead. That's just, actually. Listen, I'm I'm gonna ask you for a seat of faith, Jimmy. Go ahead and resign oh, from FBA, FCA. <laughs> FBA, 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 FBI. No. Go ahead and resign from FCA because we going, we going global. We're getting it done. Going global. <laughs> Point of contact. Yeah, reach out here and touch the camera. All uh, right. No, no. Listen, if no. you're listening, send in your ten dollars seat of faith today. Uh, oh, this for, turn, this turn, this turn, quick. <laughs> this turn, quick. Uh, yeah, we're we're get, I can't believe that y'all said <laughs> that on this show. Yeah. Here's your ten dollars uh, of FCA. We're Sorry. setting up a Jimmy needs a home fund, and we need ten. Because <laughs> apparently I'm homeless. 10, we need ten dollars sent. Oh, March twenty three on Sweet Wee at Yahoo. So yeah, as we've established, we have homeless Jimmy on the podcast. <laughs> I'm definitely putting that somewhere in the title or in the description. <laughs> so Marty and Josh talked to homeless Jimmy this, oh, this week. On, oh, on so uh, yes. We got PSL we season. On. Yeah, PSL a, season. Okay, PSL today season. is a special episode within the special series that is PSL that two of the three of us, shout out to Marty and Jimmy, not Josh, for complying with the requirements of Creamer Review Day. Uh, apparently, so, we got it too hyped last week when we yeah, announced it's that sold we were out. doing it, that it's sold out in so, all the grocery and stores. I, and I texted this to Josh. You know, it was on the episode. I think it was on the episode last time. I all the creamers were sold out at Ingles two days ago. I had to go this morning and find one. So I have a pumpkin spice latte or pumpkin spice creamer. Uh, right. Jimmy has a pumpkin spice creamer. We are going to test to see how that tastes compared to just pumpkin spice coffee. Jimmy, what's your base coffee that you're working off of? Is this a home my, brew? What you got? Yeah, my base coffee is, is just a Keurig, um, and this is going to sound snobby. Um, I, I'm weird because uh, once the clock strikes 12 and we get into the post lunch time frame, um, I have Don't a hard time doing hot. Do you have decaf? No, 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 no. I do oh. hot coffee, or okay. I do not hot coffee. Hot coffee. I cold. do cold coffee. Oh. So um, I place it. Uh, I use a Keurig, and it's the San Francisco Bay, just a yeah. flat, just plain old coffee. I don't do the do the flavored coffees. Um, but uh, I do do that on the smallest setting in a 20 ounce Yeti full of ice and just let it let it brew and, and run down over the ice as it's brewing and it cools it down. And then I hit it with some creamer. Um, Dude, that's I, genius. I use creamer and then um, I hit it with if I do flavored creamer, I hit it with a little flavored creamer. So I've got a little a splash of the base of half and half and then Man. I do um creamer so i get that's a uh, concept from my barista days that's a new uh, recipe right there i like it because yeah. you're right drinking cold coffee after lunch is much easier than hot coffee after lunch I'm unless it's a really cold day if it's yeah. a really cold yeah. day i can i can coffee Ooh, all day long yeah hot coffee on a cold day money yeah. yeah i am i have my pumpkin spice creamer sitting on top of a starbucks sumatra k-cup Okay. That's the only plain coffee I had three foot for me at the time that I. <laughs> so, you, so you like burnt stuff? That's cool. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, Josh, what do you have today? So I have the traditional um, office Folgers medium roast. That's already been reviewed. That's already raw. What, but creamer, I got, what creamer do you have in it? 
um, sugar lies. You have you're it's full of lies. I, I didn't do any creamer because we don't have any creamer at work besides the powder creamer. And then you might as well just go ahead and just sprinkle sand in it as well and mix it up if you're going to use the powder creamer. So, uh, yeah. Powder creamer is pretty gross. All right. Yeah, and so Jimmy told it. So you mentioned it just a second ago, the San Francisco coffee K-Cups. Yeah. We're adding that to our list to review. Yeah. We've it's, uh, a- I mean, it, it I, with, with me loving coffee so much, my big hesitancy a few years ago with the whole Keurig machine was, they, they never produce a strong cup of coffee, a good cup of coffee. And that was my big hesitancy. So um, my wife kind of, we, we, I want to say she talked me into it, but we kind of, it was a joint venture. We kind of said, Hey, let's get a Keurig and, and see what happens. And so we feel like you started, approach this like parenting. Oh, yeah, no, pretty much. Big, <laughs> this is a big event. Well, when you're, when we you went to, to we went to Olive Garden party, one night. Okay. Right. We were like, <laughs> how can we work through this together? More we actually raised to funds homeless, to buy Marty. the Keurig's the, a big the, purchase. Okay, yeah, yeah, we raised funds to buy the Keurig machine, and we That's we did right. a, a go go fund me. Well, um, when we consider where he's come from, he doesn't take anything <laughs> for granted. Yeah, yeah, Keurig man, it's a big, it's a big step. Yeah, and so we uh we um oh. bought the Keurig, and I just couldn't find coffee that I liked, and I was getting ready to walk away on it. And we were in her favorite place to go is Cost Plus World Market over in Greenville. Um, in the shops at Green Ridge, it's it's a, a doodad furniture slash decor slash um, guys. If y'all ever go in there, you're going to spend at least an hour and a half because it's home decor and and all sorts of stuff. But anyway, okay. back back the the center of the store, there is a like an international foods area, and so they've got all sorts of snacks and 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 foods from around the world. On the back side of that uh, section is the coffee section. And they actually had K-Cups. And so I was like, okay, I like their coffee. So I'm going to give uh, their K-Cups a try. And so came home. K-Cups were awesome. And and so uh, I, I noticed that the K-Cup was a little bit different. It was this little biodegradable, degradable, degradable, biodegradable, um, almost saucer looking thing rather than the plastic cup. And so I started looking for that at just a regular grocery store when, I, when we went and we found the San Francisco Bay uh, had the similar cup. And so, um, that's what we use. Um, so the cup makes a difference. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It, but you like it. A, I like it. I like it better than it's a stronger cup. It is a stronger cup. It makes, <coughs> we've mentioned that a lot on here is the K cup notoriously is a weaker it's just cup weak. of coffee. It's just kind of weak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which yep. doesn't bother me because I don't even like yep. coffee apparently. Uh, no, co- um, so Marty, his anywhere between four, three, and five, one is going to be Marty's coffee review every single week. It yeah. never gets in between four, three, and five, one. He's just like, I, nah. listen, I tell people I'm the ultimate coffee. Baptist because you know they say you keep your like, you, you could dance move right here between the shoulders. <laughs> you can't get outside of that. Like I'm, I got a window. Don't move, don't move your hips too far either. So that no. that's a big thing too. Listen, Marty's hips don't lie. Okay. Okay. Um, we, we, uh, we actually had a green mountain Sumatra reserve that we both ranked mm-hmm. really high and it's the best, mm-hmm. probably the best cake up that I've had. So yeah, give it a shot. It's, it's actually Josh's, got flavor. Josh's it. coworker tyranny turned us on to it. Yeah. She's, all, a, she's a bougie coffee person. So. Do y'all stay within the cake cups or do y'all venture no. outside? No, into we like... hardly ever do cake cups to be honest with you. Okay. So what's the best cup of coffee you guys have ever drank? 
Well, right now we have okay. a um, an international coffee subscription subscription from Josh's brother. So once from a Atlas. month we get yeah Atlas Coffee. We get a okay. so we've had that. Kenya and India. Okay. Both of those cups of coffee have been the best cups of coffee I've drank this year. Mm. Yeah, they were really. So I just got the other one in, and it's sneak preview. It's Uganda. Oh, Uh-oh. I spent so, yeah. 10 days in Uganda. Maybe I've already had it. Mm. The, Af- the African coffees, man. African coffees tend to be a little more acidic than my personal preference. Mm. I'm more of a Central American, South American kind of guy those the mountainous region coffees there i didn't mean to go yeah. nerd on you there for a yeah, second like a brazilian type um, i'm more a more costa rican more um colombian more um guatemalan area so really central central america central central america for a second Perfect. i yeah. thought we were talking about dating preferences but <laughs> wow okay okay literally the last episode was about you and your wife's anniversary and now this is what you follow that up with so Smooth move okay there. listen we've got to, I've, i haven't tried this yet i've got to try it okay. after you complained about wanting it hot you talk for it's 20 still minutes. hot okay i'm still recovering from last episodes oh yeah this is a oh, yeah. this is a marty this is creamers oh. are gonna be marty's like go-to from here on out it doesn't am, you are correct it's, <laughs> it's yeah, it's gonna be love just, this is terrible. Before <laughs> ruined him. I tried uh, to be healthy, I I creamered up, man. Yeah. Mm. I can't remember the last time we I put creamer in it. What is your take on pumpkin spice creamer, Jimmy? Um, <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I, I'm not a I'm not a fan of flavored creamers at all. Uh, I like a little I like a little milk fat in my coffee. Um, to cut the bite of the coffee and milk cream. fat. Yeah, like half and half. Half and half or heavy whipping cream if they don't have half and half. So you, don't give me 2%. I've don't never give me heard whole. somebody call it milk yeah. fat. Yep, it's milk fat. Mm. It, well, I mean, the, the milk fat concept is kind of what okay. helps level we've got, it out. We've okay. got a, f- a couple minutes before <laughs> hey, but, we have yeah. to shift gears. Um, but, Jimmy, you used... And still do you roast coffee? Still roast coffee, yeah, I do. What is what's the key to roasting a good cup of like? What is the key here? What does roasting coffee consist of? Uh, roasting coffee is a, a very similar to um, a, a kind of popping popcorn. I, if the, that's the closest comparison I can give it, um, because you can uh, pop popcorn and leave it on the burner too long, and you can burn popcorn. And uh, if you burn popcorn, nobody wants the popcorn. Except Josh. I actually like slightly burned popcorn. And the kernels are good. I, I'll give you that. Um, but there, there's a fine line. But uh, the, the, when somebody asks me, you know, and of course, it's always, man, I bet, you know, when I tell them I roast coffee, they're like, oh, I bet your house smells great. Actually, no, it doesn't. Roast, like the initial stages of roasting coffee smell like you are, you are um, frying or baking wet grass. And, and then once it gets to the conclusion stages of the roasting, it then starts to get a, an, an acidic smell. It kind of twin, it kind of bites, the smell bites in your nose. I, I, that's the best way that I can explain it. I know that doesn't help, but it's kind of a bite, a sharp smell. And you can, you have to listen to it with your ear too, because there's a, there's a first crack 
which that's water escaping from the, the, the bean itself. And then second crack is, is usually around what most of the coffees that we drink from the store shelf are roasted from second crack beyond. Um, and what, what, what's the time period we're looking at here? What's the, from, from baked grass to second crack, like how much time are you talking? Um, depending on the, 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 depending on, um, I guess how much coffee you are roasting, um, and depending on how hot your roaster is, um, ideally most of your roasters, you know, there's some guys and, and some guys get bougie with it and some guys get, you know, um, but I like to have uh, a roaster that's probably anywhere between 350 and 450 degrees, uh, you know, and uh, from first crack to second crack, it's literally minutes. So you okay. start to smell it. And when I start to smell that burnt grass smell, you know, you got to be I present. I, I watch it. Yeah. You got to watch it. You've got to be present. You've got to, and most roasters, some of the, mm. some of the most world renowned roasters, they don't roast based on time. They roast based on the smell and, and a lot of other factors. Um, because ruin their life uh, right um but um and a lot of guys uh it's crazy because ambient temperature plays into how quick or how well your your the timing of your roast will fluctuate based on ambient um <laughs> ambient temperature humidity um you know bunch of different factors so um it's it's really interesting this is too complicated. This is this. Is, it's, it's it's cool to know though. So what is the special? Like what is I'm gonna start the, asking. I'm gonna walk into brand. I'm gonna walk into Little River and say, "Listen, you got any of that second crack goodness?" Yeah, y'all got any? Yeah, you look at just say crack. all of it's second crack goodness. Yeah. Like, that's all of it is. Y'all got any of that good crack? So um, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Just the no. what is the Jimmy specialty? Like what is the, what is your? <laughs> this is my brand. This is my roast. This is my go-to. If I, if talking about like, if I were to go and buy any, uh, cup of coffee or brand of coffee right now, um, I would go, um, go there. It's available at fresh market or any of the higher line grocery stores. Um, but I love a roaster out of Asheville in Charlotte, North Carolina called counterculture. Um, mm. counterculture is and they're actually in Atlanta too. Um, but that is, uh, anytime we have, you know, Christmas, Thanksgiving, my birthday, um, vacation, we always have a, a pound of counterculture coffee just to kind of celebrate the occasion. And um, I, I don't do uh, schmoozy creamers, uh, sweet creamers. It's just the coffee, brew it, and um, I, I put a little half and half in it to, to kind of cut. You know, you know, little cut milk fat. Little milk fat, yeah. Um, and, uh, and then that's it. I'm That's a very awesome. basic guy. That's a yeah. I'm you a definitely very get that at the fresh market. I've seen that. I haven't yep. got it yet though. So, so bougie, bougie Marty, <laughs> who doesn't drink real coffee like a man, right? And puts creamer in it. Absolutely. You know what I'm going to score this cup as? What? If you say anything what higher than what we, if you say anything higher than what we've already done, I'm never going to review coffee with you ever. Oh, I'm at a seven three. Oh my seven three. That's not you're rating the coffee. I could, you're not I even could drink. Rate, the, I could creamer. drink this all day, every day. Oh my gosh. You're not Phenomenal. drinking coffee. That's why. That's not coffee. Uh, you're maybe drinking that's... coffee creamer. <clears throat> well, I I played along, um, and and I'm not a I'm not a fan of the the coffee creamers, the sweet creamers. Um, what do and, you give it, Jimmy? Uh, are we judging the creamer or the coffee? And and what are the basis of 
like what don't what think about my... it like you think about roasting just tell me my... <laughs> your overall impressions on a scale of one to yeah. ten if i if i'm going for a dessert and and to enjoy a desserty <clears throat> cup of coffee um i would i would god and i don't i don't enjoy sweet creamers say a um, number say it now I'll go, I'll go three, seven. Yes. You, yes. So, so that brings it down. <laughs> Thank gosh, because I'm not incorporating we, his, I'm not incorporating that. his rogue outlaw. Oh no, you're definitely, this is how we do it, Marty. You take his score. So what is it, Josh? Score. That's a big gap. What's the average of that? Not the, not first. Like you got it. That's for sure. So I'm, I'm drinking, I'm drinking a cup of pumpkin pie right now. I'm not yes. drinking a cup of coffee. What's five, wrong five. It's five five. Five five. Okay, I'll go five there. five. That's fine. So, Never. Jimmy, do you personally have beans that you buy and roast mm -hmm. that you like better than counterculture? Or um, no, because I mean the guys that do it at counterculture are way more advanced and way better than I ever had time to be. Um, I do I do what that's called micro roasting, and I mm -hmm. do do some personal micro roasting. I'll tell you a little bit about that a little bit on into uh on a little bit later but micro it's like micro dosing with weed, yeah it, it's like micro brewing guys that's what i was thinking about yeah mm. guys that that brew brew beer on small batches the mm -hmm. same yeah. concept um and so uh the the device i have is looks a lot like a a crock pot that meets a hot plate that has that uh a little metal turner inside of it and it just automatically turns it and i dump about a pound of coffee in on that and put the lid on it and let the steam and the heat roast it and you can smell it and then i do it outside because if you don't do it outside your whole house will um smell like burnt roasted coffee and it doesn't smell like brewed coffee it smells like nastiness so okay all right, Jimmy, then tell me this. How did you get started roasting? Because uh, if memory serves me right, there's an interesting story here. Right. Um, well, I, I, roasting kind of came about. Um, I had always I started working in coffee shops when I was in college. Um, that kind of carried over into post-college kind of um, just as a side job or whatever. Just I had a love for 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 coffee. Um but I, I had a, uh, it was about 2008. And of course, everybody that knows, you know, that lived through 2008 around that time, the recession hit, there was a big, um, the jobs market was not great. And that was two years after I graduated college. Um, and so um, I had lost my job um, within a time frame of about six months. Um, I'd, I'd broken up with my girlfriend, um, which was now my wife, um, broken up with my girlfriend. Um, I had lost my grandfather. Um, I had a serious uh, back injury that uh, I didn't know if I was going to have to have uh, surgery at the time. And so um, that uh, and also, you know, being two years out of college and having to live uh, at home with my mother, that was kind of <laughs> that that kind of sent me in a very put me in yeah. a very bad spot. Um, and then I lost my grandfather kind of that was kind of the icing on the cake Talk so, about kick a man when he's down right it, it was a tough time for my life um and um which i did not see it at the time but it but it, but my wife who then was my girlfriend um i was the kind of guy i was like hey um i uh i can't i don't have you know the finances or the means to come see you she lived in uh north of atlanta at the time and, and i just said I, I don't have the means to come see you so if we can't see each other it, that's going to be tough and i don't want to drag you through that and so that's one of the one of the reasons why we uh or why don't, I cut it off. don't make yeah. your breakup noble 
So, so but but yeah, man, it, it, it put me into a uh, crazy emotional state. Um, I actually went into a, a I, I, I don't want to lessen um, the struggle I had with depression um, because I see people that struggle with it way deeper than I do or have. Um, but I don't want to make it light either because um, I don't want to make light of it because it is something that a lot of people do deal with. Um, but that, that whole situation kind of sent me into a um, tailspin of sorts and um, started having, uh, I, I went into a series of depression and, and had anxiety and all that. And I finally, uh, I went to the doctor. Um, and at the time, I don't know if you guys know her. She was Fran McCarley at the time, but Fran Kunda now, um, she, uh, she was a family physician right across from Ingalls on 221. Okay. Um, she, uh, she was my family doctor. I went in, I was like, Hey, I feel like I'm having heart problems, all this other stuff. So she hooks me up to the EKG and all this other stuff. And she runs, runs tests. And she looks at me, she says, you're fine. She says, Jimmy, um, here's what's going on with you. Um, because of everything that's, and she started asking me about what's going on in my life. And I told her everything. And she said, um, you're, you're struggling with some anxiety right now because of the situation you're in, because two years post-college, I'm standing in an unemployment line, having to go through that whole process. And, you know, when you go through college, you're, you're, you're sold this deal of like, man, college degree, I'm doing this. So I'll never have to be in an unemployment line, um, or I'll never have to do those things. And so, um, I, I was really unstable place. And so she, she said, Hey, I'm going to prescribe you some things. Um, but this is only, you're only getting one, one, you know, one fill of it. And she said, you're going to have to find something to do. She said, make your bed. Even if you have nothing to do, make your bed, get dressed, create stuff for you to do, find a hobby. And she said, go find a hobby. And that's where the coffee roasting came in. Um, I, my hobby, um, you know, I, I, I pulled up YouTube and I was like, Hey, how do I roast coffee? And the first tutorial video that I watched was a guy that had his, um, gas grill in a pan and he was, he had an old wooden spoon and about a half a cup of green coffee beans and he was just roasting them. So, um, that's where I started. Then I got a, a, a popcorn, a hand popcorn popper that was like 15 bucks from Walmart. Um, I would go down to little river and, beg them to sell me green beans for, you know, $5, $5 worth of green beans. And I, when I could, I would buy some green beans and roast and, and I would try different roasting methods. And to be clear, we're not talking about vegetables. Here. Yeah. Not vegetables. Yeah. My, my fault. I, it's green coffee beans. Green yeah, coffee. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Green coffee, probably a better way to phrase it. Sorry about that. But I would go and buy the green coffee and roast it myself. And um, that Christmas, um, I was still unemployed, still drawing an unemployment check, couldn't buy big Christmas gifts for everyone. So I, um, I bought um, some small half pound bags and about 25 pounds of coffee and roasted all 25 pounds, which kind of once you roasted it, it kind of came out to be about 20, 21 pounds of coffee. And I gave coffee to my family and friends for Christmas because I couldn't afford to give anything else. And so that kind of um, transformed into every year. I actually had the conversation with my wife the other day. Um, we're pro- uh, how much coffee I've got to buy this year to roast because I usually start roasting in late October for Christmas. 
um, to give to everybody, my family, friends, of course, people that I'm my coworkers. And it's just kind of a reminder of, of how God has uh, sustained, sustained me and, and brought me, um, you know, and, and blessed me with what I have now. So that's a little bit about. Um, so what kind did, of my, do you remember what that initial awesome. initial roast of coffee tasted like? Oh, it was horrible. It was horrible. <laughs> um, I burnt it uh, because I roasted it on my sister's grill um, because I didn't have money to buy propane for my grill. And so I went over to her house. She had uh, her husband, my brother-in-law, had his grill hooked up to their gas line at their house. And so I was like, hey, you know, let's just do this because I knew the smoke and stuff from uh, from the beans roasting. I didn't, I, I didn't want to roast it in her house and get her house all smelly. So I stood out in the, the 30 degree weather roasting beans on her grill um, out uh, in, in late November, early December that year. And I burnt the fool out of the beans um, and my family lovingly, I ground them down and we lovingly drank them. And my mom thought it was the best thing ever, of course. As so good just, mothers. just when wow, you're actually trying to treat your depression, right. it's probably when everybody else was like, we got to get Jimmy some help. The <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> man is grilling beans. <laughs> he called <me> beans. <laughs> in 30 uh, degree weather. Right. Hey, right. And you're like, I'm getting you better, do. guys. I'm getting yeah. better. It's working. All you got to do is just add some flavored creamer to that burnt coffee and you're yeah. going to rock and roll. Maybe Marty's call favorite Starbucks. coffee. Yeah. That. Hey, listen. No, no, hey, listen. Put some of that milk fat in there. That's right. Just. <laughs> really shave off the burn part of it <laughs> right right but that's um and so that that opened up so how um, long did it take from you deciding to do that till you legitimately started to feel some like hope you know come back to your life um it it gave me something to do for those few months and then from that um once we got through christmas um i started walking I started walking and, and I, and I actually thought a little bit about that process the other day. Cause I knew I was, we were going to be talking about it here. Um, but I started walking in the spring of the year. I, I just, I would, I would do, I had a daily routine. I would get up, you know, and, and spend time with the Lord and, and make my bed and do stuff. And I would go through, you know, applying for jobs and doing all that. And then I would, I would get up and go walk for about three miles, three, four miles, and during that time, I would, I would just, I'd put some earphones in and, uh, this is the, the, still at the time where you were tethered to your iPhone, you didn't have Bluetooth, but, um, I would, uh, I'd put my earphones in and I'd listen to, um, I remember I, I wore out the David Crowder remedy CD, um, Love David Crowder CD. I even said CD that, that dates yeah. myself, but, uh, I listened to David Crowder, the remedy and sunsets and sushi. Um, those were the two albums that I listened to. Uh, while I would walk. And so just that daily activity, um, it was good for my health because I wasn't sitting around moping in dark rooms and feeling sorry for myself. Um, I was still struggling with, with self-worth and feeling sorry for, you know, those things, but getting out helped me getting out and just being around people, getting out and going to the park and walking or going to a different area and walking just got me going. And it motivated me more to, to apply to more jobs and, and, and eventually. So know. where were you living? Where's your frame of reference? You're living with your mom. Where right. does your mom live? What town, what city? Uh, Boiling Springs, okay. uh, Boiling Springs, South Carolina. I'm actually, we, uh, when my mom passed away, uh, she, and, and we can talk a little bit about that more, but uh, the house that she lived in was uh, left to my, me and my sister in, in her will. 
And so we have kept it in the family. And actually the room that I'm sitting in right now was the room that of, of my sister. Um, this is our home office now, but we still, I live in that house right now, um, which is, which is cool because it doesn't feel like the house that I grew up in. Um, it feels like the home that, uh, my, my wife and I have made. Um, so it's, it's still cool, uh, to say, Hey, um, you know, we live where we live. I've lived where I live for about almost 40 years now. And so, um, we do, we do want to move one day. Um, but it, it's cool to, you know, when, when we, uh, when we adopted, I brought my son home to the room that I grew up in and his, that's his, where our, where his nursery is, is, is the room that I grew up in. So, um, that was a cool moment for me. Um, yeah. but yeah, that's, that's where I live. That's awesome. It was an awesome story. What, um, what was I going to say? I had a thought and then you mentioned your son. All right. We'll yeah. go with that. <laughs> Cause your son's adopted. Right. He's adopted. Uh, greatest thing that my wife and I have ever done. Um, uh, besides, uh, surrendering our lives to Christ and, and marrying each other. Um, and figuring out how to purchase a Keurig, apparently. <laughs> figuring out how to purchase right. a Keurig. Gotta um, off the streets, but, man. but we, uh, we toyed with the idea of adoption for, um, we've been married for about eight years and probably for about the past four we have, it's been a, um, a date dinner date conversation of, Oh yeah, we want to adopt one day. Um, well we were, um, we have friends that have adopted. And so, um, and he works, uh, closely with, uh, CPC Carolina pregnancy center. And, um, it kind of mentors the, the males that come through there, whose wives or, or girlfriends or, or whatever they, they find themselves in a, in a tough situation. And so if there's a male that walks in with them, he helps mentor and invest in the male. And, and, um, he calls us one night, um, and we were actually heading out the door to a marriage conference and he says, Hey, we have a woman here that, uh, wants to give her baby up for adoption. We don't have anybody. Would y'all be willing to do it? And, uh, we were like, yes, absolutely. No questions asked. Um, well, long story short that, um, that ended up falling through. Um, and it, it, you know, there's a lot of details there. Um, but what it did do is God used that as, as kind of a, a moment to kind of push us off the edge and, and say, okay, let's go after it. Yeah. And, um, there were some things that we had to do that we needed to, uh, get in, get in order before we actually pursued official adoption. Um, I had to, um, I had to have a major ankle surgery and that took me about nine months to heal. <laughs> I know this is kind of like, as we open up the pages of this book, it kind of continues to get a little more deeper and deeper, but, um, right. I, I, I had, um, I had severe, uh, uh, severe flat feet, left foot, my ankle, my left ankle was so flat that, um, it was, you know, a few, like less than half an inch. The bottom of my ankle was about half an inch from the ground when I would stand on the foot on the ground without shoes on. And so I had to have that address because it was either my ankle was going to break or they were going to break it for me. And so was it, um, was it painful? Uh, the surgery was absolutely, oh, yes. No, absolutely. Just having the condition. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but I had learned, I didn't realize it until I, you know, I'm on the other side of the surgery now. I didn't realize how much pain I was in every day and I was living with that pain. Um, I, I, it was, it was a deformity and I, and I didn't, you know, I, I didn't want to think of, of me having a, a messed up foot like that. You, you know, I'm, I'm a normal person. There's nothing wrong with me. I mean, it's just, my foot's a little flat, you know, that's what I kept on telling myself, but, um, 
but they uh, ended up breaking my foot and putting three screws in it and uh, having a follow-up surgery. And so the total healing time for that took about 10 months. And the day that I was released from uh, walking boot, my walking boot, we went to uh, the attorney and um, we signed the retainer and started the process to adopt. And uh, literally probably about, let's see, that was May. And in November of the same year, which was last year, we were, uh, we received a phone call and we were placed with our birth mother. Um, and we actually had a conversation with our birth mother and um, Maddox was uh, born um, March 22nd, this, uh, this past year. Man. So it's, it's absolutely a cool story. And I love it. And uh, yeah, uh, it, it's changed my life. Fatherhood's awesome. Um, you know, I've, I have lost a lot of sleep. Um, and I always thought that was a joke, but it's not. Yeah. You do lose sleep, and it is, is that real. where those gray hairs in your beard have come from? Uh, yeah, I, actually, I, I can show you a picture of, of. There's a picture on the wall over here uh, of my wife and I. Literally minutes after we were married, um, my beard's like all dark and black and just good looking. And now I just, it, you know, eight years of youth ministry and parenting it yeah. does now this, it so. reeks. It reeks of wisdom. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know about wisdom, but hey, whatever. Josh, one day you'll understand what that's like. I got gray in my beard. He's got gray. I got gray. You're still 23. Okay, first of all, I'm 29. Um, I can't help it, you know. I do got a little gray. I got a little gray. One thing I did notice is, like, how legit Jimmy's headphones and, like, <laughs> Mike is. Like, when he turned, I realized, like, look at that thing. Like, yeah, we yeah. got these little, like... $20 Amazon <laughs> mics and Jimmy's got the like he should be the host of this show like if you just took a picture like look at this look, that we need that the, well this is a result of uh, I did student ministry during the pandemic and so um, we really you know when I was a student pastor we really took our student ministry online and um, had to kind of commit full gear to doing it and and so a lot of the guys in my student ministry, they were gamers as well. And so that was kind of a way um, that I had was able to create community with them over, during the pandemic. And so um, Grand Theft Auto for Jesus. That's no, right. no, no Grand Theft Auto. Nope, no Grand Theft Auto. We we uh, we played a lot of uh, Destiny 2 and a lot of Call of Duty. Um, yeah. uh, what was the the multiplayer battle royale that they play? I, it slips my mind right now. I'm getting old, but played a lot of that and um we use discord too i know um yeah. listen I know with, i'm anti-discord why why are you anti-discord what, di what is discord josh don't <laughs> what is discord <laughs> the the most the only game since the youngest one here in my house right. i have a nintendo 64 right me and my wife so we literally played mario tennis last weekend on the 64 okay okay that's cool so but discord i don't what is discord? is an app that's basically like an instant messaging service around oh, okay. gaming. I got you. I got you. And yeah, you can okay. create channels and right, Jimmy, you apparently you can create channels. It. You, and it's also, it does have the zoom element to it where you can have live meetings like this. You can have video meetings. I don't know if they put a limit on uh, time frames and all that, um, but you Here's, can build us, you can build a server and um, have video meetings and, and share where, information and all that. I'm, I have th two or three teens that I'm seeing in therapy right now 
And some of the negative, negative, most negative things that they're involved in is on Discord. Right. There's there's some wonderful things. There's some support. There's some community right. they can build. There's also a whole lot of bullying mm-hmm. on Discord and a right. whole lot of nudity floating around. Out. Right. Yep. Because there's there's little to no censorship. Yeah. Um, and and this is kind of a plug for any parents that are watching or listening. Um, please, 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 please uh, monitor your child's phone. Um, and monitor the apps that they're on. Um, because I, you know, I agree with you totally, Marty, because I had a, I had a student, uh, that I had to, um, you know, walk their parent through, um, they had actually created a server and the parent didn't know it and parent didn't know the content of what was going on. And, and the parent was fully surprised about what happened. So it was, Absolutely. It can be, it can be very useful, but it also can be very dangerous. So tell me before we wrap up this part of the discussion, you're not unemployed anymore. No, let's bring no. this thing full <laughs> circle, not homeless, not, homeless, no, you're not, not unemployed. unemployed. So going back though, you roasted for several months. When yeah. did you get your break? Like when did a job come through? <laughs> a job um, came through, um, uh, you know, and, and there was some, there was some humility to it too. I had to humble myself and the Lord humbled me. Um, I had a friend, uh, my college roommate. He actually was a manager at um, a Sphinx in Greenville. And um, he, he called me and he said, hey, man, uh, you need to come over here for an interview. And I said, man, I, I just he, and, and he was like, no, he said, Jimmy, I love you. And you need to hear these words. You need a job. <laughs> and, and, and I said, you're yeah. right. You're right. And, and my thing was, I mean, of course, the, the stigma with, you know, hey, working, working at a gas station, you don't know what you're going to be dealing with and all this other stuff. He said, hey, well, I'll work it out, but I want, I can give you a job. I want to give you a job. Please come put in an application. And so um, I went to this, it was the Sphinx that, and you, you, both of y'all are from, have ties to North Greenville, right? Y'all, Josh, did you go to North Greenville as well? I did not. I did not okay. go to North Greenville, but I, I've been on campus. So. Okay. So, so y'all know when I talk about, if you head out uh, from, I think it's down 253 to towards Sandy Flat and you take a left heading towards Greer, right? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Cause that's the, where the little rebel was up there. Yeah. It's right across from the right little, across the Sphinx. From- yeah. Ah, oh, that's this, some of the best food. I love the, <laughs> the Sphinx right across from the little rebel. Um, yeah, that, that is where I got my break. <laughs> I mean, okay. if you can call it a break, but, uh, I worked, um, I worked, uh, second shift and first shift there, uh, with my, uh, my college roommate gave me, um, he was my manager and it was $8 an hour. And, um, you know, it, it, I, I was there for about nine months and that allowed me to get another job that actually i i, I stepped from there into my first job in ministry was that um, what you were looking point. for all along like what was your degree like what were you looking for when you were unemployed what were you hoping to go into i, I had a degree in communications and so mm-hmm. um and i had worked with uh you know my work experience from post-college was enterprise rent a car and i worked for a debt consolidation company in downtown greenville Mm-hmm. and uh, which I don't even think exists in downtown Greenville anymore. And so I, I really, I was looking for some type of, of, of something anywhere, office position, something, and just, you know, with the job market, it just wasn't clicking for me. I was either, I would apply for the, the lower level positions going in for interviews and saying, Hey, yes, I'll work, I'll work, I'll work, I'll work. And it was always, well, you're, you're overqualified. And I'm like, well, 
I'm still willing to work for whatever you're willing to pay me. Um, but they, you know, and, and it took, a, it took a while. And uh, finally, you know, um, I was hired by, hired by a Sphinx company. And, and so I, I have the full started from the bottom. Now I'm here. Right. I, I know, uh, you know, it, it taught me um, to teach, it, it taught me to treat people that, that work in those jobs with a little respect um, because there's, there's a lot of people that just really walk all over um, people that work in gas stations. Um, and I know I'm not trying to get all deep about it, but like there, there are people that, you know, I experienced people that would, you know, talk down to me because I was behind the counter and I never experienced that before in my life. So there, there was some, it humbled me. It humbled me big time. Um, but it, it also taught me a lot of, of that. I, how I needed to treat other people. It was, um, really 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 good for me to do that so then fast forward what do you do now man uh i'm i'm an area representative for the fellowship of christian athletes so um from that point uh from working at a convenience store and in greer south carolina for sphinx the lord uh took me down this uh path of of going into ministry and had an opportunity of working with uh baptist collegiate ministries um children's pastor um and i for the past eight years I've been a full-time student pastor uh, until December of last year when I um, had the opportunity to pursue um, uh, becoming an area representative with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Very what cool. area do you represent? Um, well the area that I represent is uh, is uh, 10 schools total. I represent uh, Bowling Springs High School, uh, Chesney High School, Broom High School, and Sparberg High School. And then there are six middle schools that feed into those four high schools. And um, so it's, it's, uh, it's a large area for one person. They are um, looking to add staff. Um, the challenge with FCA, though, is that um, you have to raise your support. So, you know, Josh, if you said, hey, I want to work for the FCA, I want to serve with FCA, I want to come on full time with you guys, we would look at you and say, okay, you've, you've uh, here's some initial training that they walk you through and then once you kind of get through that training we say okay now we start the process we're going to show you how you fundraise um and then we're gonna just kind of send you out to get your funds raised and you've got about uh six to seven months to get those funds raised um well they give you around about nine months which um uh, you know I, I raised i started december uh 9th of last year and um, they do, uh, the area that I work for does a, a cool thing where they come in and when you get over that 50% mark, they help you out and they meet you 50% of the way, uh, and, and compensate you for about three months until you can get fully funded. So they, so you, you get some money coming in, um, you know, and it helps you, it kind of encourages you to get across the finish line and fundraising. Um, but, uh, I, I became, it was my goal to, uh, be, you know, funded for ministry, uh, by August 1st. And so I reached the goal of doing that this year. And uh, August 1st, I it was actually while I was at the beach, I got the um, notification that I was, um, I was uh, that I'd reached that fundraising goal. Um, however, that doesn't stop. Um, we there is a, uh, there's a lot of need for funding um, to get ministry done within the schools and, and get ministry done within the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And, um, you know, ministering to and to through the coach is, is a um, it's a unique ministry because we want to see the world impacted by the gospel of Jesus Christ through the influence of coaches and athletes. A lot of people talk about FCA 
um, and their initial reaction is, you know, oh yeah, I remember Thursday mornings or, you know, Wednesday or whenever your weekly FCA met at your school. Um, our, our main focus is, is seeing the gospel and seeing Jesus Christ impact the lives of coaches so that we can also see it impact athletes within the school. So really unique ministry. I've been involved with FCA since I've been in uh, full-time student ministry uh, for, you know, since I moved back to Spartanburg eight years ago. And um, it's really been a vital part of my ministry and I love what I do. Awesome. Awesome. What a story. What a story. Good story. <laughs> no, I like it. No, I love, I love hearing yeah. a good story. Sometimes I get lost and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be like asking him questions. <laughs> like, yeah. this is a, like, Josh a, is over here eating burnt popcorn. Just yeah. enjoying the show. Look, I, I, I do. I'm here for popcorn. it. I'm here for it. That you yeah. heard that Dale. Okay. I'm here for it. <laughs> Since you listen. All right. Well then why don't we go ahead and wrap up today's show here? The good news is if you're listening there's a second part to this story because there's a whole nother side to Jimmy's life that we haven't talked about. And that's his professional BMX years. (laughs) Oh, wow. Oh, I cannot wait to drop the news on him. We're going to save it though. We're going to save it. So we're going to wrap up this episode here. Guys, listen next week for the second half of this. Uh, So anyway, guys, until next time, y'all behave yourselves. Peace out. Thank you.